This is the European edition of Breaking Banks, the world's number one fintech podcast and radio show. We bring you the European unicorns, startups, founders, regulators and leaders innovating the rapidly evolving fintech scene today. A truly localized podcast with both English and local language content with some of the world's most well-known hosts and influencers in the fintech sector globally. Join us every week as we explore what makes the European Union a phenomenal proving ground for many of the fastest growing fintech plays in the world today. Okay, let's roll. Hey guys, welcome to Breaking Banks Europe episode 91. My name is Matteo Rizzi, I'm the executive producer of the show. Today, this show is a part of uh, what we call the Block IS mini-series uh, because we, we have the privilege as FBS uh, to give visibility to a bunch of uh, uh, blockchain-oriented startup uh, class sectors all over Europe in the uh, European uh, Union project. And today we focus on uh, agri-tech and, and blockchain technology applied to uh, agri-tech and, and food. Uh, we are here with the two entrepreneurs, Alessandro and Ziga, and uh, we will start by uh, giving them a couple of minutes, of course, to introduce themselves. Let's start with uh, the, uh, my fellow Italian compatriot, Alessandro. Welcome to Breaking Banks. Thank you, Matteo, and ciao, everybody. Um, I am, uh, like, uh, like Matteo said, I am Alessandro Kelly. I'm co-founder of Papio. That is the company that creates the Trusty, which we participate uh, to block IS program. In Trusty, uh, our main uh, mission and vision is to turn the food industry from storytelling to fact-telling, giving access to blockchain technology to all the food supply chain actors. Our story starts from, uh, from Abu, obviously. Abu is a venture builder that creates Internet of Things and blockchain solution for large companies uh, in European. Uh, in 2018, we was the first IBM Food Trust certified partner, and then we start selling this solution in in, uh, in our country, in Italy. And we see that uh, every food company that we talk uh, with uh, want a blockchain solution in order to communicate with the consumer the quality of product, the quality of supply chain, the ratings, and so on. So we create uh, trust starting from IBM Food Trust in order to give uh, to all the food producers uh, a simple access to blockchain technology to communicate with consumers information that are secured with blockchain technology. Um, and then we, we participate to, to block a yes with this project. Thank you. We will actually dive deeper a little bit into, into the solution later. And let's now pass to Ziga. Ziga, welcome to Breaking Banks Europe. Uh, yeah. Hi, everyone. Thank you for inviting me to the Breaking Banks. It's it's wonderful to be here. And thank you, Block IS Initiative, for making it happen. Uh, my name is Giga Drill. I'm originally from Slovenia, and I'm one of the founders of uh, the Trace Labs, which is the core technology developer of an open source origin trail. And uh, for 10 years, we have been involved in improving transparency in supply chains, starting with uh, supply chains of food 10 years ago when we wanted to improve access to information, reliable information for shoppers. And back then, blockchain was non-existent, of course. And uh, during the last uh, five years, we started uh, work, when we started working with Origin Trail, 
uh, open source technology, which is based on permissionless uh, different blockchains, we have developed a technology uh, that can be scaled into many other sectors. So coming from food, uh, helping improve transparency and trust in supply chains, which is very important, uh, into several other sectors in supply chains. And thus, we work with uh, the companies like Swiss Federal Railways to ensure traceability of parts and ensuring uh, passenger safety. We have Origin Trail deployed in several other European uh, consortia food uh, projects, uh, allowing for better traceability, better um, certification practices. And we also work across the pond in the United States of America with uh, importers to the United States, helping them um, exchange uh, audit reports on several uh, products that are coming to the United States. We're also active in pharmaceuticals. Um, so kind of the bottom line here is that we have built a solution that can help uh, scale transparency and trust in food supply chains. And later on, we have scaled the solution in several other sectors. So guys, uh, uh, as as you know, we have uh, like a sort of a public of uh, auditors that are uh, like a sort of a tech savvy, but maybe not specialists. Right. So, uh, you know, and let's do maybe a zoom out, you know, of both of your solution. And uh, let's talk a little bit of uh, like uh, in general, like the context, the challenges, because one thing that, uh, you know, me, I'm not especially either, especially either, but, uh, you know, you guys have in common like addressability, notarization, you know, the transaction notarization, that seems to be like the major challenge. But uh, you know, since how long uh, technology has been applied to this industry and, you know, and since how long blockchain, you know, which, which sort of intellectually makes sense as the, the more, uh, the most natural way of, of dealing with this sort of global traceability uh, issue. Since, since how long blockchain has been playing uh, an important uh, part in this, uh, in this scenario? Maybe Ziga, why don't you, Give it a shot because I see you already in my screen. Uh, yeah, we see blockchain as a foundational technology and by no means blockchain is a silver bullet to all the problems in food supply chains or any supply chain. Blockchain is a fundamental layer that ensures um, auditability or integrity of the data that's been exchanged along with some other uh, functionalities um, like identities and right now we're talking about NFTs, etc. So there are a lot of cool, uh, potential, nice applications. Uh, but uh, the, the, the blockchain on a standalone level, especially if we're talking about deep blockchains, so permissionless uh, solutions, uh, they need certain other upgrades in order to make them um, effective and efficient for supply chains and especially supply chains of food. Uh, and, you know, supply chains of, of food are very uh, cost sensitive. And whatever technology you bring into supply chains of food, you need to make sure that our that these solutions are scalable from the cost perspective. And these solutions are scalable from the cost perspective when you can somehow connect the existing legacy, so the existing infrastructure in supply chains, uh, rather than replace it. Uh, and this is why we kind of figure out that we need to build additional layer, which is uh, called Origin Trail, which is you know, using the existing blockchain solutions, but at the same time making them uh, affordable and useful for supply chains of food. So our special focus is on the interoperability of the existing legacy infrastructure. So this is one core pillar. And then integrity at scale can only, only come if we're using and leveraging other um, methods or techniques 
of storing data and merely using uh, blockchain for uh, storing uh, you know minimum uh, minimum amounts of data. So we are merely hashing data using blockchains for consensus as to you know whether or not the data is has been tampered with, whereas the data needs to be maintained uh, off chain. And this is what we do. And back to your question, for how long uh, blockchain has been you know used in, in, in food supply chain? It's been a few years, uh, but at the same time, there is still a lot of things that have, have to be done in, in supply chains of, of, of food, especially. Uh, and one of them is that we need to make sure, so all of the service providers, including uh, Alessandro's uh, Apio, that we bring some global data formats to the companies using blockchains. So the global data formats like GS1 uh, EPCIS can help uh, companies essentially tell the, uh, speak the same language in, in data terms. And if we do that, we can es essentially make different blockchain solutions interoperate amongst each other. And this is going to be the next biggest challenge to overcome. So how do we come together as solution providers and uh, build something which is truly an end-to-end -end blockchain or you know solution enabled by blockchains that actually brings value to, to different stakeholders in food? Alessandro. Yes, uh, we started uh, this project uh, for the same reason of Zig because uh, uh, the, the problem that Zig uh, highlights, uh, it's the same that we issue when uh, we start uh, working with IBM Food Trust. The, one of the most important things uh, that is that uh, IBM Food Trust, for example, is yet GS1 and PGS uh, uh, interoperable. So we are working at the same problem like uh, Zig do with the region trail and, and we do with IBM Food Trust and Trusty uh, with the same language. So uh, supply chain in this, uh, in this case are interoperable. Uh, and we, but we are focused on the, uh, on the other facts in particular, we are focused on uh, the customer perspective because uh, we start seeing in Italy that uh, food producers have quality product. Maybe they have, uh, as you may know, Matteo, uh, kilometer zero uh, supply chain because they made uh, uh, the pasta from the wheat that uh, they harvest. So in Italy, there is uh, uh, um, an important fact that uh, when you talk to uh, international consumers, you must uh, take the Italian vision of made products. So they are focused on communicate this kind of information to consumers. So we start from this kind of problem. 94% uh, of consumers today want to, uh, want to know how the food is produced. For example, they are willing to pay an extra cost if they know the provenance. This is, uh, uh, there are many studies from Deloitte, Accenture and so on. So uh, I think that also anybody uh, in this meeting want to, in this podcast want to buy a product knowing that there is slavery in the supply chain, for example, or uh, knowing that uh, the producers on the planet. But this kind of uh, um, information is a gap from information. Uh, there is a gap uh, of information from consumers and producers, and we may trust it in order to simplify uh, to take the information to the consumer. So we uh, we start from the idea that uh, uh, in blockchain, several companies will work to take the data on blockchain, to take the data in uh, a transparency way. There is uh, several API, for example, we use also uh, with the Origin Trail API. Uh, and we start to share those information to the consumers, start, starting from the, the packaging. So the consumer can scan a QR code, 
probably with the COVID, uh, everybody knows that uh, what is a QR code. And scanning the QR code, they access all the trustability information. Probably they, they don't want to, uh, every time they buy the product, they don't want to scan the QR code. But uh, seeing the QR code, they know and they trust the producers because the producers is naked in front of the, the consumers because they declare everything. And uh, starting from this point, uh, we see that uh, another important aspect uh, is also to give technology to small uh, older farmer. And uh, uh, for this uh, kind of, um, of uh, aspect, it is very important to take technology like application, like integration with SMS uh, and something else to the small older farmer. And this is another an important aspect that we try to uh, issue with our solution in order to take always the information to the consumers. Guys, uh, if I, uh, you know, if I take a sort of an external view to the to this topic, uh, I see two main challenges, uh, and and I would like you to sort of uh, either complement uh, or sort of support this uh, this observation. One is clearly standardization and interoperability because, uh, you know, even as, you know, as, as a consumer, you know, there, there, there are so many products in the market, so many brands. And, you know, and even if you say like a QR code, uh, you, you might have, this, you know, QR code technology is, is a global standard. But then how do you integrate, you know, with the supply chain, with information from the producer? So this is one. And the second, which is actually, you know, maybe my investor sort of uh, mind uh, uh, sort of dependency or something is uh, monetization on the startup side, you know? So how, how do you, I, and who pays, right? Because uh, is it, I, I, if you make the consumer pay, then it becomes a B2C, so it's not on a suicidal mission, right? Because uh, consumer won't pay for the CFO. If, uh, if the producer, like the infrastructure, uh, like the network pays, then uh, it's you know it it it, it is like uh, having the first phone. Like I usually, as I usually say, right? Because these are like small big players. The sales cycle, you know, must be must be so big. So that's the second big uh, big challenge. Uh, would you agree with this? Is that is that is that like uh, anything that I am missing? Ale, go go ahead. No, thanks, uh, Matteo. Uh, it is uh, the main issue of this uh, kind of solution. About the standardization and interoperability, I think that what uh, Zig say and the experience of the region trail can uh, take to us uh, an example. And I think that Zig will, uh, uh, will share us uh, an insight knowledge on this because uh, uh, we are at the same table on uh, GS1, FPTS, uh, and uh, uh, both uh, know that uh, there is an important part of the problem is to standardization this kind of information. Because uh, when you have a supply chain with uh, a lot of uh, actors, a lot of uh, uh, people that share information, it is very important that uh, when you pass from one actor to another, there is not uh, uh, somebody like me or Zig that uh, traduce the information from <laughs> the ERP of one uh, actors to the ERP to the other actors. And this is uh, one of the main topic of Origin Trail, of uh, GS1, FPGs, and so on. About the monetization, I think that uh, it's, it is very important to create uh, a value from, uh, on, on this uh, kind of information. As you may, as you may know, uh, when you... I must uh, um, uh, 
as you said, uh, Matteo, the customers will not pay for this kind of information. It's, uh, uh, it's uh, a fact. But uh, I think that, uh, and in our experience, uh, is the food producer that pay for this information and pay not for uh, only for show to the consumers, but uh, uh, to create a customer engagement with the consumers, to create a direct-to-consumer channel. In the food industry, there is important things because food industry is uh, uh, something that will go uh, inevitably on the e-commerce side because uh, from the state of the art of the e-commerce, there are several increase on uh, food, um, food buyers that buy from uh, directly from the e-commerce. And this kind of situation take the uh, food producers another, uh, another time because in the, with the supermarket, they, they not have a channel with the consumer. With the e-commerce, they won't have a channel with the consumers. And uh, this kind of uh, QR code, this kind of information that you can pass to the consumer, the call to action that you can create on this public page is something that links you to the consumers and create something like a customer engagement. Yes, there is a social network for do that. There is a several kind of tools that a consumer a food producer can use, but it is very important to create a direct-to-consumer channel uh, with the consumer based on traceability, based on trust, uh, in order to create engagement, to receive the email, to create notification, this uh, kind of uh, uh, communication channel. And we are focused on this because we think that if a, if a food producer can receive information, not only from their supply chain, like uh, always happen, but also from their actor in the supply chain, so they can receive information from all, the whole supply chain, he can share those information to the consumers and then create something like uh, um, a customer cha a communication channel with the consumers. And then we, they, they can create a coupon, they can uh, share authenticity of the product, uh, respect the e-commerce. Uh, for example, uh, I have a little baby and uh, one of the main problems to buy the milk powder uh, online is that you maybe you don't trust uh, the e-commerce. So it is very important that you can share authenticity uh, starting from the food product and starting from the tool that there is all uh, today available. So before, before Ziga sort of uh, builds upon what Alessandro just said, I would also, uh, Ziga, to, if you can, to uh, give also your, uh, your view on, uh, I want to say, the fintech part of the business. Because at the end of the day, and then Alessandro maybe can sort of compliment, at the end of the day, at the last mile, there is always a micropayment, in this case, not done by the consumer, but the producer. And this is where I believe as well that you cannot not use a blockchain for for this because it has to be so ubiquitous, so interoperable, and so sort of infrastructure independent that it seems that a, a blockchain-based payments infrastructure is, is the only is the only way to go. Sorry, Ziga, like a go go on. Yeah, I think you have uh, touched a very important uh, challenge and also a very important potential of, of blockchain technologies. Uh, blockchain, as originally designed, was intended to disintermediate uh, between uh, sellers and buyers. Uh, and in many cases, what we do, what other blockchain builders do, what uh, APO does is essentially to disintermediate and bring consumers or bring any anybody in supply chains more reliable information or even allow them to um, 
to to make transactions using using blockchain networks. Uh, of course, uh, things uh, are going to have to progress. Uh, as you said, uh, how do we how do we bring blockchain technology to be more ubiquitously used in supply chains? And one of the ways to do that is to radically um, uh, so to, to 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 develop the technology and to deploy it in a rad- radically different way uh, in order to bring economies of scale to the use of of, of blockchain solutions and one of the core uh, hypo- hypotheses that we had at origin trail was that we need to go from food supply chains into other supply chains and even beyond that if you want to make the technology itself more affordable for supply chains of food as well because food is a low margin item and had we stuck to supply chains so food only our so- solution most probably would not have been affordable enough for food supply chains uh, and i'll try to explain how 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 this works and what triggered our transition into other supply chains and what what made it more uh, affordable so in the in the design of the origin trail we made it possible that it's not you know blockchain which is only used but essentially the decentralized knowledge graph and knowledge graph uh, is a technology that's being used by the most successful companies like facebook google uh, in order to index data from several data sources we have attached the decentralization component to it and what we essentially did there was to bring more value to the data in a way that you know we're not only counting the value of data objects so for example which food item is uh, transitioning cr- across supply chains but what is the relation of this food item with other um, parts of the supply chains and the relations are typically growing and creating a graph like structure and so far it's been mostly relational database that's been used for uh, many, many different purposes. In our case, however, we figured out that designing a decentralized knowledge graph, we can essentially build up a value of each specific data item. And data items are essentially representing um, food products. They're representing other products in supply chains. And as we grow decentralized knowledge graph, we also grow the value for, for its users. And by doing so, bringing in econom- economies of scale, the solution is not only used to for consumers to, to scan and check that everything is all right, which is fine and, and well. We also need to, at the same time, um, make data available to other uh, stakeholders in supply chains, to uh, regulators, to um, to to other uh, perhaps even suppliers or retailers. So, for example, one of our um, experiences with uh, with with the North American Association called Scan, uh, which is essentially helping retailers in the U.S. to uh, conduct conduct audits on the companies on some twenty thousand companies in in Asia. So, what we did there, we used Origin Trail as a as a as a backbone for data exchanges amongst different retailers in the US and in that way by, by 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 allowing them to exchange audit information on factories in China uh they would not need to repeat audits uh, for every specific retailer in the US and in that way they were achieving economies of scale and achieving efficiencies um and none of that is possible if things are being only um maintained in a so-called permission permissioned uh, solutions. So we believe that the way to make things more affordable, to make it more scalable, is by using permissionless solutions in a sustainable way. 
and not have this so-called silver bullet approach, um, thinking that blockchain at the standalone level can can solve uh, everything. Uh, perhaps a long uh, answer to your question, um, but yeah, according to our experience, this is what we feel. No, no, that's that's crazy, uh, uh, Alessandro. Before I go to the next answer, to the next uh, question, do you want to maybe contribute a little bit on the sort of the last mile, the the payments aspect of it? Yes, it's. Uh, I think that uh, um, we issue this uh, this kind of uh, problem in order to uh, take uh, um, the payment directly to the food producer in order to disintermediate also the restaurant, the supermarket, the e-commerce, and so on. But like uh, Ziga say, uh, food is low uh, low margin market, so it is very important that you create not only uh, a direct channel to sell the product because probably uh, for a product that costs uh, five euros, uh, you will pay five euros of, of transportation and logistics and so on. But uh, it is very important to create uh, something like promotion, for example, coupon code that you can spend on the e-commerce or, uh, for example, voucher and so on. And these kind of things, it is very important because uh, nowadays, uh, it is very important to take the consumers in uh, uh, in the food producers uh, target to create a community of food, of consumers about the food producers and this is what we we are doing integrating also from the uh, from the, this kind of landing page integrating analytics integrating newsletter integrating voucher code and so on because we think that it is very important that is a direct to consumer channel in order to uh, sell more, but to create a, a kind of uh, um, knowledge of the customers and so on. So, uh, you know, this is the, the, the moment of uh, in the show or in this specific format where I would like you guys to give me a little bit of feedback on the program itself and uh, Block ISM. And uh, the reason why I want to is because uh, I always say that uh, uh, even myself was very skeptical, you know, before actually entering into the program of this like uh, European Union uh, sort of uh, mega, you know, projects because I didn't see really the applicability, the benefits, the actual work that was behind. There is this mythical sort of a statement that, you know, European community is just throwing money and that there is no sort of a concrete feedback. Uh, or, or like a concrete deliverables. And naturally, this program sort of convinced me of the opposite, of at least to convince me that there are projects that maybe I've been fortunate enough to sort of participate in one of them because they are rather less successful. I don't know, I can't, I can't judge. But Block IS, I actually sort of met a number of amazing entrepreneurs, really good ideas. It made me discover that sort of new verticals like this one, for example, we have been talking about that was a pretty much unknown and yet super important, you know, both on the consumer and on the like ecosystem, like a food ecosystem uh, case in, in this particular uh, in this particular particular. So, what what was your experience with uh, with Block IS and also like give some constructive feedback, you know, that the whole consortium can can bring home. Alessandro, you want to start? Yes, thank you, Matteo. Um, when we participate in uh, Block IS, um, we see uh, the same. We have the same skeptical uh, feedback that we have, Matteo, because uh, um, 
as you may know, Apio is a seven years company that make uh, innovative solution for large company. We see that BlockIS will evaluate the blockchain project, but we don't see um, an important aspect that I think that is the open innovation uh, challenge. So I think that uh, uh, when we uh, select uh, a program to participate, uh, usually we see why, um, what company are involved because for us it's very important to uh, gain uh, customers uh, for, for our solution. But uh, when we see BlockIS, we see that there is not uh, custom, uh, there is not a company that uh, make the program, uh, make uh, open innovation and so on. And we have the uh, skeptical uh, parameters. Obviously, there is the money. They give free equity, uh, several money. So we say, okay, we give a try. Um, and we start when we start the program. We uh, start the program with Trusty. That is not a solution in, uh, in the epoch because we start the project um, from the IBM Put Trust experience. But we don't have the platform. We don't have uh, something to that is uh, uh, valuable because we have only an API that take the data from uh, several ERP and take to uh, IBM Put Trust format, so to the GS1 APCS format. When we start the pro, uh, block IS, it is very interesting that we have uh, several deadlines uh, in the project with several mentors that will uh, evaluate the, um, the traction, what you have done, evaluate the platform, uh, and so on. And this kind of things uh, was for us uh, very important because uh, um, stimulate us to create not only a project to respond to some grant and to receive money, but also to uh, try to uh, integrate this kind of, um, uh, of, of project or platform in a European context. And this is the second part. The first was the uh, deliverable and the better is technical team and the business team that uh, help you to uh, spread the project. The second one is that uh, there is uh, an European context. So our mentor was uh, Ismail from Fedakova that helped us uh, to um, take our project not only from the Italian perspective, where there is, like I said before, there is high-quality food producers that have uh, nothing, that have a very little of supply chain, uh, but to take this project to European context. So to uh, try to um, share this kind of functionality, not only to specialized companies, so companies that know what is blockchain or maybe they hear what is blockchain, but to share this kind of project to Spanish companies that know anything about blockchain. They, uh, so uh, Ismail has asked to, uh, to give uh, this kind of project to someone that doesn't know what is blockchain, uh, very small food producers. And that helped uh, us a lot. So the mentoring was very helpful for us. And then not only the mentor, because in, the, in this kind of European community, there is also the innovator like Ziga, uh, like ZLab, Massimo Morbiato. There is several uh, companies that made the same things of us in, in a sort of aspect. And this uh, is a kind of uh, internal competition that helps you to focus on your uh, uh, unique selling point. It is uh, obviously things, but it is very important to participate in a program where there is, uh, I don't remember if seven, eight 
company that made uh, ag tech uh, supply chain product that you have to participate uh, in synergy and then you have to uh, find what you de- what differentiate you from the others so there is another important uh, aspect for us and uh, and then like i say uh, some feedback from our session was uh, to uh, take the company, the large company, maybe someone that wants to test the solution uh, from the start of the project. And I think that in the second call, uh, they made this kind of, uh, uh, of, of aspect. Some mentor takes some company in order to test the, the solution uh, alongside the innovators. Great, Ziga, your feedback. Uh, yeah. I think one of the of the biggest uh, added values of the Block IS program was that it provided a platform for um, for for exchanging ideas, exchanging uh, knowledge about how to build this fundament, fundamental uh, infrastructure infrastructure and technology, and how to put it into practice uh, into the into the market, and uh, more so for the for the blockchain, so for the decentralized application space. Uh, it, it is, of course, very much clear that this is a contact sport. Uh, we are, you know, we 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 are huge believers in competition and into inclusiveness, and uh, as as kind of values of, of building technology. And uh, we feel that you know there is still too much of a maximalism in in this blockchain space, whereby everybody would say yeah their solution is the best, whereas in fact uh, most likely. Uh, every respective solution is still not adequate, you know, to to, ha- to cover the whole glo- globe, uh, not even Europe. So, uh, from that perspective, Block IS was an ideal opportunity for us to expand our existing platforms of stakeholders and get into this contact sport of exchanging ideas and seeing how we can bring Origin Trail and uh, other technologies uh, further. Uh, and it's uh, it, one of the validation, of course, it, it can be quite apparent uh, even in this discussion today. Uh, Alessandro also mentioned and echoed the importance of the use of uh, of the GS1 standards and other uh, global standards that are being used if you want to uh, you know, make use of the decentralized applications. One of other standards, perhaps, that I would point out is verifiable credential of the W3C consortium. And W3C consortium essentially was also put into life by the T- Tim Berners-Lee, one of the internet pioneers. Uh, and again, when it comes to blockchain, it's about networks. And block is was one of the ways for us to, uh, you know, leverage uh, something more than just the existing partnership network uh, that that we have, uh, and there's one other thing that also Alessandro mentioned, which is European perspective, uh, and uh, we feel that this European perspective that is being instilled through the Block IS and some other European European programs is also helping us to become globally more competitive. Uh, we, we see that values that are being instilled into technologies that we, we develop, such as privacy by design, uh, neutrality, is highly important in today's uh, you know quickly developing te- technical technological uh, race. We see uh, you know technologies coming from east and west, and it seems that European Union has a very very important role to play for the development of the next generation internet, uh, which needs to be built on more 
fair, uh, more uh, equitable basis for all citizens of the European Union and also um, widely globally to be acceptable and uh, you know bring bring something something good. But this is perhaps a more long term impact that we see is going to come out of uh, of, of projects like uh, Block IS. Thank you, Ziga, and thank you, Alessandro. That was a super interesting discussion. Uh, it's time to wrap up. So super quickly, like uh, five seconds, give us where people can find you and maybe a URL that uh, you know our auditors can connect to to find out more. Ziga? Yeah, you can simply uh, Google origintrail.io and you'll read more about uh, what we do. Thank you. Great. Ale? Yes, you can reach me on LinkedIn, Alessandro Kelly, or search on Google for Trusty or Rabio. Thank you. Great, guys. Thank you so much for being with us. This is Wrap Up, episode 91. Thank you so much. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening to Breaking Banks Europe, a Provoker Media podcast in cooperation with Fintech Stage. Don't forget to tweet us out, shout out, or post to the team at Breaking Banks EU on Twitter. If there's something or someone you'd like to hear on our cast, let us know. See you next week on Breaking Banks Europe.